Grace Off the Stage is a podcast where we will be hearing remarkable stories of the faithfulness of God in the everyday lives of people just like you. We hope that you'll listen in, celebrate with us, and share the podcast with your family and friends. And our prayer is that as you hear these stories, they will remind you of the faithfulness of God in your life and continue to strengthen your trust in Him. We're so glad that you joined us for season one of Grace Off the Stage. At a party, I ended up taking a friend's life. And I said, honey, somebody is in the house. He was just whispering like, hey, I'm like, I love you. I care about you. I realized right then I need to take all of that energy, everything that I gave to myself and give it to God. Hey, welcome to Grace Off the Stage. This is a podcast of Grace Bible Church where we seek to highlight some of the stories of everyday folks as they make disciples where they live, work, learn, and play. We're talking about regular people with boots on the ground, uh, loving God and loving people in the normal everyday stuff of life, both in expected and unexpected places. Uh, Today, I'm excited to introduce you to a a good friend of mine, Jess Baldridge, the warden of Avon Park Correctional Institute. Uh, Jess is a good friend. He is a great leader. Uh, He is a faithful church member. And if you've seen him up close, he's uh, quite an intimidating man. Jess, thanks for joining us on Grace Off the Stage. Uh, Jess, you've been the lead warden out at Avon Park Correctional Institute for how long now? I've been in the department 30 years total. You've been in the Department of Corrections for 30 years? Yes, sir. Uh, you currently are the lead warden of Avon Park Correctional Institute, yes, sir. but that's also from what you're, that's where you started 30 years ago. Yes, sir. In 1992, I started there uh, okay. through a relationship of uh, two brothers I was working for in construction. Okay. So you didn't grow up and wanted to be in Department of Corrections? No, sir. Okay. No All right. Well, we'll come back to that in just a second. Jess, I got a lot of questions for you, but uh, for those of you new to Grace or new to the Abide community of churches, uh, let me give you a bit of the 30,000 foot view of how we got connected as a community of churches out at APCI. Uh, You might be familiar with the Abide community of churches. About seven years ago, uh, local churches here in the Heartland region and in Highlands County started gathering together every January for 21 days of praying and fasting. Uh, Well, it just so happened four and a half years ago, Jess, one of your correctional guys, uh, was leading prayer around the flagpole outside of the prison compound for 21 days in January. And word got to us uh, that uh, they were wondering what it would be like if we brought 21 days of prayer and fasting out to the compound. So w- we yes, sat sir. down with you. Uh, we asked you. We, we pitched the vision. We cast vision. Uh, and Jess, you gave us a wide open door for us to come and do ministry. Uh, four and a half years later, we have seen a church planted called yes. Restoring the Way. Uh, it's under the umbrella of the Abide Community of Churches and our pastoral leadership. We meet on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, once a month on Saturday nights, a large gathering. We've got biannual teaching conferences. We're seeing about 100 to 120 guys a week. But more than that, we've seen guys confess faith in Christ. We've seen guys move from other religions to Christianity. Uh, but it's, it's been this incredible momentum gathering um, experience for us. We just recently launched a program called Alpha Prison and Reentry, yes, uh, where we're not just trying to equip inmates while they're incarcerated, but we're also trying to equip them uh, when they get out, when the EOS end of sentence. And so, man, thank you, first and foremost, for opening the door for us to make disciples out at APCI. 
Uh, Jess, uh, you are a career man uh, in Department of Corrections. Uh, this isn't what you always wanted to be when you grew up, right? No, sir. No. What, what did you want to be? I really didn't have a, a path at that time, I okay. don't think. I, I was just living freely. Okay, and you said you were doing some construction. Yes, sir. Uh, what, what, what led you to Department of Corrections, man? Uh, of course, the benefits of retirement. Okay. I, I was trying to provide for a family. And like I said earlier, construction's up and down. It was money good while it was there, but there was nothing else for it. Sure. Uh, the two brothers I was working with introduced me to the colonel out there at the time. Uh, and I went for an interview Friday, uh, talked to him Friday, interviewed Monday. He hired me. Okay. And, of course, 30 years later, with the grace of God and his blessings, I'm still there. 30 years later, still doing it. Okay, okay. Well, how the Lord get a hold of your life, man? There's a lot of people. I was in and out of church, younger years, early, early age. Uh, then one day it, I realized uh, that at any given time, God can take away from me. Uh, and the energy that I had, sinful, negative energy, uh, myself, I was more concerned about my flesh than anything else uh, that we've read so many times in the Bible, so many leaders. Uh, and he proved it to me that he could take my family, my marriage. So it, I realized right then I need to take all of that energy, everything that I gave to myself and give it to God. Mm. Amen. So it was, Amen. It was life changing. Okay. Okay. Well, then, um, you know, we've talked, I've known you for years. Uh, we talk a lot around here about making disciples where you live, work, learn, and play. Um, you embody that, Jess? I yes, mean, sir. I, I know you make disciples at home. You got children and grandkids living with you. Yes. Sir. Uh, you're not just treating your vocation as a mission field, uh, but you're also engaged in disciple making relationships and Bible studies, even off hours when you don't need yes, to be doing it. Um, how is it that your faith in Jesus in particular influences how you lead and serve both the inmate population and your staff? Well, one thing I realized making decisions, it affects a lot of people, not only the inmate population, my staff, but their families at times. Yeah. So a lot of times I lean into Christ and ask him for guidance uh look up to him see what direction i need to go of course at times i converse with my duty warden team uh, it's not about me and i've said this many times it's about us and we yeah uh, i'm just a seat i'm just holding it down that's all i am yeah uh, but when i make them decisions i have to really look and uh, ask for help from christ yeah yeah he is the greater warden he is <laughs> yeah that's uh i appreciate that jess we we, we tend to we tend to make decisions uh, based on previous experience, based yes. on our gut intuition, uh, based on uh, just uh, the best leadership books we read. But at the end of the day, you know, God's word reminds us that all of the treasures of wisdom and understanding are housed in Jesus. In Jesus. Uh, and so if we have ears to hear, uh, he, he'll yes, lead sir. us. What were you going to say? Uh, a lot of times we base it off of personal. Sure. And what's, what is it for me? How is it going to benefit me? Yeah. And it's not only about me. Uh, we have over 300 employees, 1,600 inmates that I have to deal with every day in and out. And it's what's best for the masses. I remember Dustin saying one time at a sermon that it used to be the umbrella covered the one. And these days it's the one trying to outdo the umbrella. Mm. And that's how I got to think. I got to be that umbrella to help that one if needed yeah. and not be the one to take over. Well, you know, just that is the uh, nature and character of Jesus. He lived a sacrificially others-centered life. Yes, uh, and we've been joined to that life, and that life longs to find expression through us. It it steps into rooms, not looking for love, but looking with love, looking for the first towel to pick up to wash other people's feet. And yes, so sir. I, I've seen that that servant nature leadership in you, Jess, and well, I appreciate you. that. 
Um, uh, Jess, you know, it's not just the Abide community out there um, serving the inmate population. You guys have numerous different program offerings. We're talking about local churches uh, such as Victory Tabernacle and His for Life Ministries in Avon Park. Uh, there's substance abuse programs. There's veteran services, uh, local ministries like Little Lambs with John and Eileen Sala, Kairos Ministries, lots of different programs. And so with lots of programs, there's a need for lots of volunteers. Yes, sir. Uh, and I know that coming back off the heels of the pandemic, it's probably been slower than you guys would like, kind of rebuilding that volunteer army. So uh, do me a favor. Give me your give me your 90 second elevator spiel. Uh, if I was a potential volunteer and you ran into me uh, in the marketplace. Uh, the, first, I start off with the, the individual that's incarcerated could be your neighbor tomorrow. He could be the cashier at your Walmart. He could be the one serving you yeah. in a restaurant. Uh, we need to give them all the attention we can and, and provide the means for them to prepare themselves mm. uh, when they re-enter society. And with that, it's through the programs that we have at the, inside the department out APCI. Uh, the programs you described uh, include Malachi Dad, yep. where they bring the the inmate's child to the prison system. Uh, we feed them. We give them games. It's a one-on-one conversation between Malachi them and, Dads. Yes, sir. So it's an opportunity for fathers to spend time with their children yes okay okay because there's there's a lot of fathers out there that never even seen their child Hmm. and it gives them the opportunity to spend that time with them and reconnect with them before they leave the department and so volunteers that want to lean in they don't just need to come and serve with abide there's any number of programs that they could be yep yes sir okay Hey, we're going to make sure that we get information for you guys on how you can begin that volunteer process so keep leaning in uh jess uh what kind of changes uh, in the culture uh, amongst the inmate population are you seeing with gosh so many men coming to know christ or intentionally take steps towards their relationship with jesus what kind of culture change is kind of happening amongst the ranks of inmates uh, we've ended up being one of the only institutions in the region that doesn't have a true true mission uh, there other institutions have missions uh, incentivized program prisons uh, re-entry prisons uh, so we're starting to get a lot of inmates from the close management unit, the harder core inmates. Uh, and it's amazing to see with the programs that we have, how their mentality changes hmm. uh, to going from a hardcore to coming to this facility. Uh, they have a thing called JPay Access where they can email their family to be able to see how they uh, send out emails to their family telling them, hey, this is a great place. There's so much for me to do here other than being in trouble. Uh, to see that change, it's, it's truly remarkable to know that it's God's hands at work. Yeah. It really yeah. is. That's that's cool. I didn't know that. That's that's encouraging, Jess. What about the staff members? What about the staff culture overall? How does that kind of play into, or maybe the other way around? Maybe the staff culture is part of what's influencing inmate culture. Uh, one thing I realized a long time ago is if you change the staff's mind, it'll change the inmate population's mind. Okay. And that's what we worked on first is talking to the staff and showing them that we don't have to have that verbal, abusive uh, language towards the inmate population that we can talk to people inmates in general and just normal conversation get them to do what they want uh, what we need from them and without having to be so abusive towards them and it's working and it's proved to work uh jess in all your years man um has there been like one really neat story of transformation that you've seen or witnessed you don't have to share any names if it's confidential uh but i'm curious i'm sure over 30 years you've seen a lot of stuff but what's one unique story of god at work that was clearly god's fingerprints all over it Uh, there's one individual that uh, had a life sentence he was actually sentenced to death overturned uh, in the 70s he ended up coming to avon park uh, when i started there in 92 
uh, to see his transformation. He got involved in the chapel in the church, uh, got involved in Kairos okay. uh, to the point to where he was paroled out. Uh, he is now serving with Kairos coming back into the prison system. Interesting, interesting. You know, one of the things I'm recognizing as we engage in prison ministry is <clears throat> there, there are few as redemptively oriented ministries as ministering to inmates. When I mean redemptively oriented, I mean um, with the ability to see lasting transformation mm -hmm. and change when there is so clearly a brokenness because of sin and because of choices. Um, yes, sir. But to see the transformation that's happening. It's, uh, it's easier for somebody that's been in that position to be able to stand up and tell them what changed their lives than it is for somebody that's never been in that position, never been an inmate, uh, to come up and try to preach to somebody about how they need to find Christ and change their life. Sure. But when that individual that's truly been in that seat that they're sitting in yeah. can say that they've done that, no, that's amazing. Well, it's one of the reasons why we're trying uh, as much as we can to give away our leadership to inmate leaders. Yes, sir. Um, indigenous leadership. Um, if you go to the mission field, uh, you don't want a, one, a bunch of white missionaries in a foreign country to come and to do all of this stuff, but we want to train up indigenous leaders, hand over ministry to them so that they can speak the language uh, of the people in which they're called to serve. And, yes, uh, and we're able to do that. We have a weekly staff meeting with three inmate leaders that God has blessed us with. Uh, they are as much lay leaders and pastors, though they're not pastors. They shepherd and they pastor the inmates in there. And so uh, it's... You know, at first, Jess, uh, it took me about a year to trust these guys. Yes, sir. Uh, but four and a half years, I, I love these men like my own brothers because they are my brothers in Christ. Um, and, uh, it's it's easier for the inmate population to swallow something that's given to them from another, a fellow inmate. Sure. It really is. Sure. Uh, you can preach the same word to them as they do, but they will receive it sometimes quicker. Talk to me about peer-to-peer -peer relationships in the prison. Isn't that kind of an, not a new f fad isn't the right way to say that, but it's definitely um, a, a direction that um, uh, the state's trying to go, right? Yes, like established peer-to-peer -peer yes, facilitation. We, we have a dormitory, that? a peer-to-peer -peer dormitory, which is inmate-led. Okay. Uh, the dormitory itself, is it's, it's like a governing body on the street. The masses vote for who's going to be the leader for this, this oh, period of okay. time. Uh, and they have to say so. We have everybody that does everything from assigning jobs to the day. Uh, but it's peer-led, uh, and it's, it's very receptive. It's actually took the worst dorm on the compound and turned it to be one of the best dorms uh, to the point the region office recognized it when they come to last site visit. That reminds me. Okay, I know you probably don't like talking about yourself, Jess. You received the president's award recently. Uh, the leadership award from the secretary, yes, sir. What is that? Tell me about it. Uh, it's out of 52 wardens, uh, there were some submittal names, and uh, my, my name was selected as uh, the leadership as far as warden-wise through the state. Well, I see it, man. I'm glad for you. Congratulations. I think you deserved it, man. No, thank you. Uh, Jess, final question, man. We don't, uh, we don't want to take all of your time up, but final question. We have... We have folks that tune in uh, onto our media platforms from all over the country, and I'm certain that there are plenty of them that have a loved one serving a prison sentence. Uh, so in light of all that you've seen the Lord do at APCN over these last three decades of being engaged in the Department of Corrections, I mean, give some hope to those families wondering if God can really make a difference in the life of their loved one. Uh, just producing some of the inmates that has returned back to the institution itself for volunteerism. Uh, we have almost a dozen that comes right here to Avon Park really? that were ex-offenders. Uh, God is there for them. Uh, as it's been said many times, they can run from him as far as they want to, but it just takes one turn to get to him. Amen. But they have to have that open heart. The family has to have that open heart. The family has to, at times, push it on them. 
Uh, there's been a lot of times that the family supports their negative behavior in prison because they love them yeah. and they believe everything they say. But in reality, it's not helping them one bit. Uh, but if they turn their heart to God and look up to him and let him fill the void that they have in their heart, it'll change lives. Man, that's great. Jess, thank you so much for your time, uh, for your willingness to trust a bunch of knuckleheads to come in and do ministry uh, out at APCI. I'm grateful for your leadership, thank grateful you. for your wife's leadership. Let, let's close talking about your wife, the best part of you. Uh, Sarah was uh, a warden for, gosh, Career. Yes, she as well. retired twenty eight years. Twenty eight yes. years retired, and now she is now she is rocking babies at Grace on a weekend. She's holding doors, uh, serving here when she can. Uh, you told me you're not retiring anytime soon, no, sir. right? Okay, no, good. sir. Uh, my my retirement cannot support her lifestyle right now. So. <laughs> we can cut that part out. Hey, Jess, thank you so much, yes. man. We'll see you soon. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bye.